Hi everyone, I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Terra Girls from Terra Running Company in Cleveland, Tennessee. Each week we interview a different runner from our community, aiming to inspire listeners through our guests' stories and experiences. On today's episode, we are so honored to be speaking with the one and only Martinez Evans. Martinez is the founder and CEO of the Slow AF Run Club, which has thousands of members. He is a certified running coach, an award-winning speaker, and he holds various degrees in exercise science and health. He's been featured in the New York Times, the New York Post, the Huffington Post, the Wall Street Journal, U.S. News & World Report, Insider, and now, of course, the Terror Girls podcast. He's also been featured on the cover of Runner's World and is the podcast host of 300 Pounds and Running, the co-host of The Long Run with Martinez and Latoya, and now the author of the book, Slow AF Run Club, The Ultimate Guide for Anyone Who Wants to Run. We're thrilled to be speaking with Martinez today on this bonus episode of the Terror Girls podcast. The Terror Girls podcast is supported by Terror Running Company, Cleveland's specialty running store. Whatever you need to support your active lifestyle, we've got it. Open seven days a week in downtown Cleveland or 24-7 at terrorrunning.com. Thank you so much for yeah. agreeing to be on the Terror Girls podcast. We, <laughs> you're our most famous guest. And we are so excited. <laughs> we are. We are. Seriously. Yeah. Very honored. Yeah. We, we loved reading the book as well. It was great. And we'll, we can get into that, obviously. But thank you for sharing that as well and, and uh, being on the podcast. Yes. No problem. So before we get into the book, into the real um, questions, we have some warm-up questions that we ask all of our guests on the podcast. Um, so we're going to ask you some warm-up questions. They generally don't have anything to do with running. We just want to you know, get warmed up and get to know you as a person better they're usually they're, most of them are really about food because yeah. we love food and we were hungry when we were <laughs> <laughs> all right so for our first warm-up question can you tell us your favorite thing to eat before during or after a run after a run hands down carrot cake Ooh, yes i picked up on that in the book <laughs> <laughs> carrot cake after a run uh before run um, I'm more of an oatmeal type of guy. Yep. Oatmeal and a banana. Um, during a run, um, I'm a big fan of spring energy. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's either too. spring energy or gummy bears. Ooh, choice. that sounds great. Excellent. Yes. Choice. That's really, that's why I like the chews sometimes. Cause it's just like eating candy, but you could also yes. just eat the candy, right? Eat the, candy. <laughs> eat the real candy. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite season and why? New York fall mm. is the best season of all. Why? Oh man. Between like the, so it's something about waking up in a New York fall and you step out and like there's this crisp air that comes about you. The the leaves have changed. It just feels, it, it's, it's just a vibe here. It's very vibey. Mm-hmm. And I would say this is the best time to be in New York City is in the fall. I, so we are, you know, we're in Cleveland, Tennessee. So we're in Southeast yes. Tennessee now. Neither of us are actually from Southeast Tennessee. Uh I'm from 30 minutes north of Baltimore, Maryland. And And I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm from Western Pennsylvania. And one of the things that is saddest about the seasons here in Tennessee to me is our falls are not what you just described. And Mm -hmm. I miss that. They kind of, it's like, kind of, it just, it just slowly, it doesn't, I don't know. Summer just like gets cold, you know, it's not fall. (laughs) But then randomly it'll be like 80 degrees. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's cold in the morning and then it's hot in the day. And I'm like, where's that crispness? Yeah. But I miss the new, the 
Northeast Falls mm-hmm. for sure. So I, I yes. really am tracking with what you're saying. Yeah. And that's a great time of year to run too. Amazing time to run. And then um, if you ever get to drive and you just drive and you just look up and it's like, man, look at all the colors of the trees. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. All right. Next question. Back to food. Salty, sweet, or spicy? Sweet. Sweet. Mm. Me too. <laughs> Carrot cake. Yep. <laughs> Carrot cake. I could have guessed that one for you. All right. You get to invent a holiday that everyone in the world has to celebrate. What is the holiday and when is this holiday? Mm, that is a good question. I would have said Global Running Day, but that exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> I would say Slow F Run Club Day. Um, okay. You know, in and around um, late August, early September. Mm-hmm. And we all celebrate when Slow F Run Club was founded. And we do that by running races and wearing turtles and just having a good old time. I love it. I love it. It's great. Hey, look, that could be a real holiday. You can I know. Start it. We could put it there and and all <laughs> of the members of the Slow F Run Club and everyone else. Mm-hmm. All the fans of your book, yep. we can all celebrate it. Yep. Yes. I love it. Um, okay, one last warm-up question before we get into, into the meat of our interview. Uh, this one's controversial. Okay. <laughs> to us. Coffee, tea, or pop? <laughs> There's two parts to this question. If you uh... the first oh. part is, do you call it pop or soda? <laughs> or so I'm from, the, I'm from the Midwest, so okay. I call it pop. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I call it pop. Yep. <laughs> so coffee, tea, or pop? Man. Yeah. Oh man, there's there's nothing better than a ice cold Verner's, which is like a ginger ale that's like mm-hmm. based in Michigan. Uh-huh. There's nothing better than just the ice cold burners. And like, it has that spiciness of a ginger ale flavor. Mm-hmm. I would have to go with that. Okay. It would be a close second though. Okay. Are you a coffee drinker at all? No, no coffee, all. no coffee. Good for you. Sad. Those are it's soda to me and coffee's the winner. So <laughs> it's all right. I like a Coke after a run. I really crave the like sugar and this yeah. the carbonation of a coke after a long especially run. if it's hot you know yeah after a hot run like that is so refreshing mm-hmm. all right so thank you for participating in our warm-up yes. questions you're probably wondering if this is actually a running podcast um <laughs> you're right to wonder it is no it is um so we are so excited to have you we both just finished your book yep um and we're yeah, we're really excited to ask you some more questions about it and kind of get to know you and how you got to the point to writing this book for for all runners. Yeah, um, and we're excited to introduce you to our uh, Terra running community as well through this. So thanks for coming on. Mm-hmm. So first, first things first, you are the founder of the Slow AF Run Club, which your book mm-hmm. also shares the name. Can you tell our listeners what the Slow AF Run Club is and who it's for? The Slow F Run Club is the best community for slow and walkers around the world. Uh, we we have about 10,000 members around the world, and we celebrate all paces, and um, and that's what we do. We just celebrate running, and, you know, our motto and our goal is this, you know, our motto is um, 
how you could get your own model. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's the kind of thing when you put on the spot. It's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yep. No, but you know, our thing is always comparison is the the thief of joy, right? So our in our community, there's no comparison. It's really about cele- celebrating um you being active. And that's what we do. We celebrate people being active and we help lure the uh, the intimidation point or the barrier entry into running. Awesome. I love it. So you're an online community, right? So you're yes. open to anyone anywhere. Absolutely. Awesome. So can you tell us how this club came about? Absolutely. So I was running a race and you know, you're running a race and you have your headphones in and like you're jamming. I was doing that. And then I can see somebody in the distance, like yelling at me, like, you know, a race expect. So I just take off my headphones. I'm like, huh, what's going on? And him, go home. You're slow as fuck. Go home. So I'm taking it back because I'm confused because I'm I'm almost done with this marathon. I'm about 18 miles in and you got this guy who's just yelling at you, like, go home. You slow as fuck. So I'm I get in an argument with him. Cause like what, that's what you do when you're like running and you don't know what the hell is going on. So I get in an argument with him and then I can just continue to run. And something about that experience, I was like, Oh, I'm going to prove his ass wrong. Um, so at that point, I decided from that point on any race that I run, I was going to run with slow AF across my chest. People found it hilarious. <laughs> they found it hilarious. Like it was a slow AF and it had a little cute little turtle. And people found it hilarious. So as I continue to run these races, people are like, hey, man, where you get that shirt from? We like your shirt. We want that shirt. And people was like, do you sell that shirt? And I was like, I do now. So I started to sell these shirts. And um, I sold about 500 shirts on the first week that I launched it. Wow. That's awesome. So from there, people started to ask me, hey, Martinez, like, is there a group or a community where all of us who bought these shirts can like get together and try to plan races together. No, but there will be some. And that was kind of the, the brainchild of the slow up run club was first. It was just these individuals who came into this community. They, they bought this shirt and they wanted to like hang out and just, you know, be amongst each other. Um, and they kind of just grew into what you see now. That's amazing. I also love that you took that guy taunting you and just set, turned it on its head and then invited all these other people that are slow AF into this race yeah, yes. and yes. into running. It's amazing. I love it. All right. Um, so the book, the book shares the name as the run club. So can you tell mm-hmm. us what motivated you to go beyond, you know, already creating this community of like over 25,000 people and make a book? Um, the reason why I made this book, and this is an awesome question. The reason why I wrote this book was that as I started to coach individuals, both on a group setting, as well as on a one-to-one basis, people started to ask me, Martinez, what running books do you recommend that are like how-to based? Like I've read all of the memoirs, I've read all of the stories, but like what how-to, uh, how-to books can you recommend that I read? And my answer most of the time was none of them. So, <laughs> and it's no dig at like all the running books out there, but for the my particular population, those books were not useful for those individuals. 
Most how-to running books are written by elite athletes or former elite athletes or coaches of elite athletes teaching people how to run like elite athletes. So for me and the people that I teach and the people that I train, those books were not um, were not for them. And I told them not to waste their money. But with that, it also gave me the idea of, you know, what would I teach them or like what would I put inside of a book if I did decide to write one? And I kind of just continue to uh, yank on that thread a little bit longer and longer and longer. And the next thing you know, I wrote a book. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. And it is such a good resource. Like I've been running for years, but it's it's questions we get asked as a running store and as running coaches and a resource for the community. It's questions we get asked all the time. Yes. So I'm so excited to be able to point new runners in a direction of a book now. You're you're absolutely yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the Slow AF Run Club has, as we said, over 25,000 members online. Do you have any favorite stories from runners in that community that you're able to share? I think one of the stories that just always happens over and over again um, is the story of somebody that comes in and is like, I'm not a runner. Like, I came here, the name is cute, I wanted to buy a shirt, but now I'm here, I'm not a runner, and I, I just can't do this. And just to see them over the months still participate and start to see their whole mindset shifts from I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner, to like, holy crap, I ran my first race, to holy crap, I'm running more races, to holy crap, like I'm meeting up with other Slow Yef Run Club members. That that story, it's the story of Slow Yef Run Club. And it happens every day inside the community. To the That's point amazing. where... Like I've forgotten all the names that has happened because literally it's happening every day. That's awesome. And we see that in the running store too. The most common phrase that people say when they come through the door of the running store is, I was told to come here, but I'm not a runner. And we said that we're, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We don't care what you do yeah. in the shoes. We don't care if you're walking in them or trying to stand all day or just be a little bit more active than you are now. Um, no one says you have to, you know, run a certain pace or a certain distance to get yourself some good shoes or to join a community online. So I love that, that you're seeing that also, but that we can also give those people resources as well. But, and yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say is that for a lot of people, their external foci of like what they think of a runner is, is way off. Um, we have this notion in the running industry that, you know, we have to be a certain pace or we have to look a certain way to be a runner. And it, it really, it really messes up, you know, just the everyday people who are thinking about running. Um, and I get it right. One of the things, I think one of the cool things about the sport of running is that it, we are the only sport that I can think of that you are on the same course and running, um, alongside i want to say alongside but like running in or around the, the same time the professional runners are doing that mm -hmm. like there's no other sport you can do that there's no sport like you can't go on the court and play pickup basketball after lebron gets done playing right like yeah. you can't go on the soccer field and kick the ball around with ronaldo right but with running this is the only sport that you can run the same course as the professionals and I think that um, I think that notion gets all up in people's minds 
and they feel like they are not that person because of the people who are in the front of the pack. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think one of the things I love about this book and about what you're doing with the run club is it's just showing people what it can be. Because like you said, we have this vision of what a runner is or what a runner looks like. That's so not true. And so skewed. Cause one of the things like, you know, we've got this run specialty store in Cleveland, Tennessee, and people come in needing a pair of shoes. Maybe they're interested in starting running, but they're so self-conscious and they say like, ah, you know, I don't really run or haven't run a lot. I'm not a runner clearly. And they'll say all these self-depreciating comments. Mm -hmm. And we're like, no, no, you are like, I don't know if you're a runner or not by looking at you. I have no clue, but I'm glad you're here. We can get you on the right path. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing I think is so awesome with what you're doing is it's showing people like, absolutely you're a runner and look at all these thousands of other people that are runners. And like, we're on this journey together Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think it's really important. Terror Girls is brought to you by the Cleveland Half Marathon and 5K, October 21st, 2023 in downtown Cleveland. Run our town with us for the sixth year for 13.1 or 3.1 all around town. All finishers earn a huge commemorative finishers medal honoring a downtown Cleveland building. The course runs through beautiful Lee University, the historic district, the fast and flat Cleveland Greenway, and downtown Cleveland. Learn more and register at clevelandhalf.com. All right, so... We've talked about the club a little. We've talked about how you've written this book. But beyond being a book for any and everyone who wants to start running, you also share a little bit about your own journey. Would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about how you decided to start running and what that looked like for you? Yes. So back in 2012, before the runner you see today, I was just a regular guy working at men's warehouse selling suits. I was a suit salesman, right? And by being able to sell suits, I was working commission sales almost on my feet eight to 10 hours a day in hard bottom dress shoes. By far, the worst, the worst thing you can wear on concrete floors <laughs> is hard bottom dress shoes. It was horrible. Um, that led me to have some hip pain. I went to go see a doctor. Um, wasn't my traditional doctor. It was just a doctor who deal with like hip pain and things of that sort. I'm thinking I'm going to the doctor to get some some information about this hip pain. And this doctor had a whole nother thing for me as soon as I came in. So he's like, you, Mr. Evans, I know why you're in pain. Okay, what's that? It's because you're fat. And then he goes on this whole tangent of like, you're fat, you need to lose weight, you need to start walking, like all of this other stuff. And for me, you know, I hear him going all this, talking to me this way, and I don't like it. So... I I interject and say, screw this and screw you. I'm going to run a marathon. He laughs at me and tells me that's the most stupidest thing he heard in all of his years of practice in medicine. And he told me if I ever tried to run a marathon, I would die on the course. So what did I do? (laughs) I left the running shoe store. I mean, I left the doctor's office and I went to go buy running shoes. And you would think that, I bought the running shoes and then I ran into the sunset. No, far <laughs> from the truth. I got the running shoes. I got on the treadmill and I failed miserably. My first run was 15 seconds and it included me falling on the floor. Oh my gosh. So wow. like, I really understand like this hard knock life of running because 
I literally went from buying shoes to falling on the treadmill with people beside me looking at me and being like, hey, guy, are you okay? So, like, that's how I started running. And the point throughout that day was when I came home and I looked at my wrist and I have this tattoo on my wrist. It says no struggle, no progress. Like, that is the thing that really clicked for me. And from that point on, I was like, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to go through this progress. I need to go through this struggle in order to make the progress that I need to make. That's amazing. What a what a awesome story looking back. I'm sure living yes. it was not awesome. It's horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> but look how far you've come. That's amazing. And and to see going from not being a runner at all, and in fact, doctor doctor's recommendations were to not run. Um, based on your your body type at the time and and you still did it you know you had the you had the tenacity and you wanted to do this and and you've been able to create a whole community I, from it I sense a trend someone tells you something and you said <laughs> we'll see about that watch me and yeah turn it, I turned it into what 10 years later now you're like you're literally in the running industry you've been featured in so many different places cover of runner's world it's your you know your job. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm just so kudos to you. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, so in your book, you often say you often recommend that people don't compare themselves to others. Why is that? And what, what do you think people can compare themselves to? Are there benchmarks? Yes. So comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's something that I have to continue to let people know that comparison to others is the thief for joy. You cannot compare your day one or your day zero or multiple day zeros to where somebody is at now. So yes, how else do you figure out your progress? You compare what you did yesterday or the day before or whatever to your next progress, right? And for me, that's all about like training blocks. Cause even for myself, you know, I, I, you know, I get really into running and then I pull back because I'm coaching or I'm doing other stuff. And then I, I go back into running and it's like, oh, I'm not as fast enough. Right. But at that point, it's not about, oh, I'm not fast enough. It's about, OK, like this is where I'm at in the journey. Right. Um, one of the quotes I said in the book is like your body that you have now is the body you have now. And what you can do today is what you can do today. But that doesn't mean that um, it will be the same tomorrow. And I, I think that's completely true for everybody is that where you started does not mean um, it's the end all be all. And it's just something we just really need to constantly remind ourselves that we can do this. So going back to, well, what do you compare yourself to? For me, it's about training blocks, right? So I'm inside this training block. I have goal paces or goal distances, things of that sort. I usually compare similar workouts to each other. Okay, I did this easy run at this pace. Let's compare it to the other easy run at that pace. Whether it's the same week, whether it's a month apart, how did that race feel? Or like, how did that pace feel? Do I still feel tired? Were there any nagging injuries or niggles or tiggles or things of that sort that's going on with your body? That's how you compare when it comes to running versus looking at somebody else and be like, oh, that person is so much faster than me. Uh, I suck as a runner. Let me stop. No, 
<laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> you're yeah. still a runner. You're still an athlete and you're still capable and you deserve to be there. Yep. It just, it's, it's, it's just where you are at in the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I often find people who are getting back into running after pregnancy or injuries or just years off life in the way often um, I find them comparing themselves to themselves, but in mm-hmm. a previous lifetime, right. Yes. When they were 20 years younger or before they had kids. And I love your advice for them as well is you're, you're in the body you're in and it can do what you ask it to do, but to not compare yourself even to yourself from so long ago, mm-hmm. yeah. that can also be a deterrent. Yeah. And I'm going to ask this question now, even though it was farther down, but um, it goes back to what you're talking about with joy. When when we first chatted with you a couple of weeks ago, I really loved what you had to say about just your desire to bring joy back to, to running. And, and um, yeah, I just think that's so amazing and important. So I guess my question to you is why is that? Like, why do you see that as important bringing joy back to running? Um, and what does that mean to you? Oh man, bringing joy back to running, right? Like, when I first started running, I remember how much fun races was, right? There were tons of stuff. Of course, the rock and roll, the color runs. There was all these fun runs, right? And then next thing you know, like, those things start to become few and far in between. Um, and then you start to participate in some of these other races, right, where you have race directors that's like, oh, I'm old school. And, like, I pride myself on being old school and things of that sort. And for me, like, what that shows is that you pride yourself on, like, being exclusive, right? Like, you don't pride yourself on being being inclusive and pulling people in. And I think for the running industry, we have this knack of um, celebrating privilege and exclusiveness in in the sport of running. And we do that by aces and things of that sort. And then we tie arbitrary numbers to, like, what success quote unquote is right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think I was having a debate or, you know, I I seen a debate on social media about, you know, the Boston marathon, right. It's one of the, one of the few races who still, you have to have a, you know, a certain pace to run this, to run this race. Right. And like people are celebrated because you are a BQ. So that makes you an amazing runner and it makes you morally superior than everybody else because you be cute, right? And for me, it's more of like, but what does that really mean? It's an arbitrary number that somebody made up. Like it does not have any tact to it other than, you know, attaching yourself to privilege and exclusivity. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah. and then for them people, it's like, oh, I'm morally superior. I'm a better runner. Like I'm the best of the best because I be cute. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, haven't you not heard of the Olympics? Like, haven't you not heard of the the people who are in the front of the pack? Like, you really think Des Linden is thinking about all of the slow BQers that are behind her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, why are the BQers worrying about the people that's behind them, right? And it, it has to be about that notion of just privilege and exclusivity, right? And I think that's where running does not get fun. Like, there's no joy in exclusivity, right? There's mm-hmm. no joy in that. Mm-hmm. 
joy comes when it's inclusive and everybody are able to participate and have fun with it. So like, that's what I mean about bringing fun back into running, because when you start going on our route of like, I got to make these numbers because i got to run this race. And like, this is the attainable thing or the attainable goal to get to. And like, I'm not a real runner or like, I haven't met the, the pinnacle of my career because I haven't made this arbitrary goal. Like it's not fun. Mm-hmm. I still get, you know, testing your limits and pushing yourself to the best of your ability, like do that to the best of your ability. But like, why are people attaching themselves to this arbitrary number that somebody just made up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, if you love something, don't you want other people to love it too? Like if you're finding joy in, in, in something, don't you want other people to find that too? And so, yeah, I, I just really resonate with that idea of just bringing joy into running even if it's not a bq that's your goal just have fun like you know mm-hmm. go right. for your neighborhood run and if you're slow today whatever yeah. or if you're you know you need to rest today that's great just enjoy the fact that your body's moving mm-hmm. and, and here's another thing i want to add like we're all participating in a race that we already paid for a participating medal for so mm-hmm. like why are we taking ourselves so seriously about a partition patient medal that we already paid for. <laughs> You're so right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we, you know, as a running store um, and as race directors, we put on events, we put on group runs. What's your advice to people in the running industry to be more inclusive, um, to, to keep running fun? How can we continue to do that? So, you know, I think first things first is like really thinking about like, um, the clothing and vendors that individuals or race directors are using. Right? So I make custom merch. I understand what clothes cost and things of that sort. And my thing is that, you know, the mere, bare minimal for every race is to be able to provide a 3X shirt. You know, it's not fun to run, for me, to run hundreds of races and just throw away the race shirt or, you know, the, the the race shirt or not even take it. It's just, that's not fun and it's mm-hmm. not inclusive at all. So like you're wasting money because people are not wearing a shirt and you're not getting a good benefit of the, the promotion of having like giving out the free shirt because people are not wearing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the bare minimal is being able to offer a three X shirt. Um, and then the other thing is like really thinking about like, um, race cutoffs and things of that sort, right? Like we all know that, you know, race cutoffs are tied to municipalities and things of that sort. Uh, but my thing is always, you know, what are ways that you can get creative so that somebody who runs or walks an 18 minute mile could still participate in the race, right? Could you provide them with Dawn Patrol where they start before or after the elite runners, right? Like, of course, get the people who are running for prize money out the way. But like, if everybody else is not running for prize money, like what's the what's the point or like what's what's wrong with doing a reverse um, reverse waves where you let the slower people go first and then let the faster people go in the back. And then some that way um, people can kind of start at the same time. Right. Or like finish at the same time or like, you know. What's wrong with letting people opt in to say, hey, I want to start 
um, earlier because I know I'm going to be able to finish the course limit, but I know I can run it and letting them start earlier, right? Like people are already out 3 to 4 a.m. putting up race barriers anyway, or race barricades anyway. So like, I think that's just added, added time that somebody could be on their feet running a particular race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the same thing about like water and things of that sort, right? I understand that volunteers have shifts or might be there all day, right? Like what would it look like to have um, races that have volunteer shifts? So like a volunteer isn't out there at 10 hours so that so so that when the people who are in the back of the pack get to the water station, there's at least water there for them, right? Um, or if not having water for them, like put water in a SAG vehicle. And then that way, if you got to pull up the water, at least when a SAG wagon come by, you can be like, hey, here's a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. Right. You you wouldn't you wouldn't know how many times a race of rent you like flip the water tables and like packed up the water and then i look at the sag wagon and i'm like hey do you got any water in there and you know before covid you know i had a few guys it's like well here i I got a gatorade that i just opened and took a sip out of it like do you Mm -hmm. want it and you hesitate for a second like uh (laughs) give me that gatorade (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying so i think just getting creative about the ways that you are um, holding your races and just really taking the extra step to have that forethought to say, okay, if we're going to do these things, how can we at least support the people who are still out there? Yeah, absolutely. That's some great advice and definitely a challenge for us race directors and people who put on running events. You know, we want, we say we want to be inclusive. So then um, I think it's a great challenge to then say, well, what are you doing to make sure that all people actually feel welcome? Right. Yeah, I mean, I will say reading your book, one of the things that was really eye-opening for me is the way you were treated by a lot of other runners. I mean, even the way the Slow AF Run Club started was some guy heckling you. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's important for people to to know. Like, if they haven't had those experiences, like, that is not okay and not at all, you know, ah, I don't yeah. know. It makes me really angry that that <laughs> yeah. is people's experience. Like, yeah. a lot of people's experience. Yeah. Um, and as... And as running store employees and people in the running community, I think it gives us an extra challenge to how do we combat that, those attitudes in the running community so that we are more inclusive. And, you know, and I think that's the other thing is um, some people's response to it. Yes, I complain. Yes, I've wrote open letters and individuals response are like, shut up, lose weight and get faster. Like, you know, Martinez, if you really took yourself serious as a runner and applied yourself and you got faster, guess what, man, you wouldn't have to experience this stuff. Man. And it's like, you, you just missed the whole point. Yep. Right. I paid my money. I signed the waiver and I don't get the same treatment as somebody else in the front. And it's because I just run slower. Mm-hmm. Right. So is my money not as equally like it is my money not equally deposited in somebody's bank account than somebody else who's faster. Absolutely. And your effort too. I mean, you're yeah. going the same distance yeah. on the same day. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, this kind of goes into this in the book. I mean, the book's an amazing resource. So it's, it's got everything from like different training plans and, you know, cross training and workouts, um, nutrition, like all of that, you cover all that, but you also share, uh, what you call cautionary tales of your own experience, which is really, they're fun to read 
but also sometimes, like I said, it made me angry. But what motivated you to uh, share kind of those cautionary tales for the readers? So as I was writing this book, you know, I just wanted to have something a little bit more. I just wanted to be different when it comes to um, running books out there. Right. So, like I said, I've read all of the how to manuals out there. They're dry. they're dry you know it's something that you pick up it's almost like a cyclopedia right like you go there you get your resource you close it back up and then you put it there and for me like I just wanted something a little bit more interesting than the book just being a cyclopedia where somebody go and look at and then put it back away so I thought about well what would it look like to have these cautionary tales Um, And really think about it in the way of like, if I had a good friend that was like, hey, Martinez, I got eight hours. Tell me everything that you know about running. I would add some stories along the way of like, Mm -hmm. hey, like this happened to me. Like, yeah, man, I ran, I was running one time and like, I had to call my wife because I got lightheaded. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I was running one time and like, it ended up being a, the, the, the hottest day in the summer and I, I fainted, you know, and telling these stories along the way is mostly impactful because the lessons are the lessons, right? But I think the stories is what make those lessons stick. So I wanted to be able to make those lessons stick for the readers out there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I think people will really connect with that. I'm excited to hear what, what other runners think of those too. Um, so as a running store, we're often a resource for new runners. They'll come to us, get new shoes, ask all the questions, ask where it's safe to run. Um, and so your book, we're excited you know, to, to be able to point people in that direction. It's a resource for new runners, all of the basics that they would need to know. But you mentioned that when you started running, you didn't have that resource. So where did you go to get answers to your questions or advice? I had learned everything the hard way. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of hodgepodging various advice from various different people, right? So I had, when I started, I had a, um, I had a friend who was a librarian who was like fast, like she participated in uh, Olympic trials and like was very uh, avid runner. And I remember being able to talk to her and be like, hey, I'm going through this. And she's like, dang, like, that's interesting. Like, I've never experienced that. And I kept going to her and it's like, dang, like you, like me and you are different and alike at the same time. So for me, it really took the, the, the curiosity of like, well, what is the answer? And I really took a lot of my experiences from a bunch of different places, you know, and, you know, and growing up, there was a motto my, my parents used to say is that if, if it don't, you know, it, um, if it don't apply, let it fly. And the same thing we came with running information, right? Is that, oh, like, oh, this don't work for me. Like B.02, like, nope, that ain't working. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but you just try a lot of things and you just find out what works along the way. And it took a lot of, it was very inefficient. It took a lot of bumps and bruises, it had a lot of heartache along the way. And, you know, that's the hope that by having this book out there, it at least lower that barrier or at least gives people somewhere to start at when I didn't have a place to start at. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think it's, it, you talked about at the beginning when we asked you why you wrote the book. Um, it's really been a hole in the, in the running community experience. Like, you know, you don't want to hand someone this marathon book that's, mm-hmm. uh, talking about things you don't even know. So yeah. Right. yeah, your book's so practical, but it's also really entertaining hearing all your cautionary tales as mm-hmm. well. So I think, well, I think well, there's something in there for everyone as well. Not even yeah. people mm-hmm. that are new. So for example, when was the first time you ever heard the word fart lick? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I don't even Mine know. Mine was really. probably in high school. I ran just, I ran cross country in high school. So we probably did something like that. Yeah. And I got started running in college when a friend just asked me to run a half marathon um, with her. I probably, once I started to run more uh, recreationally, I mean, I've, I've only ever run recreationally, <laughs> just <laughs> picking up a copy of Runner's World. And I literally think I had to Google it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing, right? Like we're using... And I get it. I, I know the term and things like that. So, but I, I think sometimes we get very technical and very termy inside yep. of the sport of running. And, you know, I, I, and I think that's one of the reasons why it could be ex- exclusive mm-hmm. um, because individuals are like, well, what are these words? Like, you know, hearing about a V.02 and be like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to do fart licks today. And it's like a fart. What? (laughs) So I remember having these issues. Like, what is a fart lick? You know, or the first time I found out about body glide, like, oh, like there's some stuff you can put on your body and like, (laughs) I won't chafe. Dang. That was like game changer. Right. And I remember being like, dang, I wish somebody would have told me this like day one. Like, I wish somebody would be like, hey, Martinez, buy body glide. (laughs) Yep. 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 So, you know, I think it's all of those experiences that, um, that we all have that we just kind of went through and we just kind of think like it's, uh, rites of passage just to go through. And I feel like it shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you don't know the language, you just inherently feel like that community isn't for you. Right. Right. And so if we can help people get past that, teach them the language, teach them how to talk the talk, and then just be more aware of when we're doing it too. Yeah. You know, we don't need to use language that we probably, if we thought critically about it, they won't know what it means. They're new to running. Yeah. Um, and they're also basic. Fartlek means go fast and then go, go slow. slow. <laughs> like it's like, it's like the most, there's, it, there's not even parameters right. around it. Right. <laughs> we don't need to be using these fancy words. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so if you could give yourself some advice 10 years ago, what would it be? Bye, body clock. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't, the amount of chafing I had those first couple of years of running, like, was crazy. And I remember talking to my wife and she's like, oh, I got something for you. And like, she brought back like this minus that, like, a visible chafe cream and like, here, use this. And I'm like, what is this? And then I used it. And I remember going for a run and it, and it just wore off. So I was like running around, like running with like this little tube of monostat, like chafe cream <laughs> and like being like, what is this? And like uh, embarrassed that I like, have it because it's like, what is this? Right. Um, so like buy a body glide. Um, I think the other thing is that, you know, understanding that your journey is your journey, right? Like you have to live in your truth and not nobody else's truth. So you know, I spent a lot of time early on, like trying to keep up with people, beating myself up when somebody's like, oh, 
you know, I run an eight-minute mile. And, you know, back then, Martinez back then was, like, running 15, 16-minute miles and be like, dang, like, like I'm less than a runner. Or, like, that sucks because I'm less than a runner and I can't run with you. And that makes me a bad person and that makes you morally superior. And I wish I would have just told myself or, like, learned earlier, like, that don't that don't mean anything, right? And then if they were a good enough friend, they'll be like, hey, man, like, I'll run with you at your pace be, uh, other than being like, hey, see you. Like, this is my pace. This is what I'm running. And this is what I got for today. So to be able to realize that, to be like, man, that person was probably a crappy friend because even for me, like, when anybody's like, hey, I want to run and I'm faster than them, like, I know it's, it's, it's about the experience, right? It's about not being out there alone because most people who are at our pace and at our size are doing it alone for most of the time. Yeah, that's great advice. Both parts of the advice are really good. (laughs) All right. Well, your book comes out June 6th. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good start. We are so, we both enjoyed reading it so much. We We read it like in a week. It was a great read, super entertaining. And I can't wait to get copies in our store and be able to recommend it to new runners and experienced runners alike. I mean, I think it's going to be a really good resource for us and we're excited for you. What an accomplishment and what an amazing, uh, door opening to the running community that you have provided for so many people. So we're just honored to be able to talk to you, honored to read your book and excited to be, um, yeah, just big fans. We're big fans. Yes. So our listeners should come by Terra Running Company because we will have copies of Martinez's book. Mm -hmm. Um, So come pick up a copy, um, show some support. Um, Where else can people uh, connect with you? How else can they find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on all places on the internet at 300 pounds and running. So 300, 300, spell out pounds and running. You can find me there on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can find the Slow AF Run Club at slowafrunclub.com. Uh, we also have an app on iOS and Android. So if you open your phones after you listen to this podcast and go to your um, and go to your app store and type in Slow AF Run Club, you'll see our beautiful Terry the Turtle there, smiling at you, inviting you to come in and download the app and be a part of our community. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Martinez. This was a wonderful interview and we're we're just honored to be a small part of your journey and in inviting more inclusivity in the running community. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Brittany. And I'm Tiffany. And we're the Terra Girls. Inspiring people one runner at a time. The Terror Girls podcast is brought to you by Terror Running Company, Cleveland's specialty running store. Named one of the best running stores in the country, Terror Running Company offers top-notch customer service and all the best running and walking brands. Whatever you need to support your active lifestyle, we've got it. Carrying brands like Hoka, Brooks, On, and New Balance, we also have the best fit specialists to help you find the best shoe for you. Open seven days a week in downtown Cleveland or 24-7 at terrorrunning.com.